Hey, and welcome to Beauties and Headcanons, where we're nerdy and you probably are too. I'm Tegan, and with me today I have my co-host Lindsay, and we're here to talk nerdy to you. And we are on our very new platform on Podbean. So thank you so much for sticking with us and for listening to us on this new platform. Um, the process for like submitting all the RSS feeds to like you know iTunes and Google Play and all that stuff it does take like you know a few days usually to like get that approval or you know whatever. Um, but yeah, like once once I get all of that set up, we should be on about all of the platforms that we were normally on, and then our next episodes should just come out you know like it normally did before. So. Uh, but yeah, in order to submit the RSS feed, we obviously have to have at least one episode, like, mm-hmm. available. So it's kind of like a cart and horse thing. It's like we have to put something out there in order to, you know, get the show on other platforms. So It's kind of cool, actually, the way everything <laughs> ended up working out. Because when you think about it, we, we were told, you know, we, we are our own entity with Beauties and Headcanons, mm-hmm. but to we like don't have our content anymore but we have this whole like process and plan on how to get things to continue on the way they were so mm-hmm. i'm kind of excited because now i know got me this too whole, like horizon of things ahead of us and ways that we can change and you know we're really looking forward to um even hearing um the listeners feedback on what works what didn't work and what we can change and um, what we can change ourselves too. So it's even, it's, I'm just like super excited. I know me too. <laughs> so this week we have a topic that, um, I actually kind of came up with after observing two completely different and mostly unrelated, but kind of related in a way things. I had just kind of seen a YouTuber talking about how all the reviews for The Last of Us 2 were mostly like 10 out of 10s or 0 out of 10s, mm-hmm. and that there was hardly like any scores in between that actually, you know, took the time to, you know, evaluate every little aspect and like actually appropriately score it and not just, you know, knee jerk emotion <laughs> score it. Mm-hmm. And then I had seen a post that somebody had shared to one of my Mass Effect groups where it basically said that if you don't like a certain female character, then you're sexist. And basically you can't dislike her if you like other characters who allegedly do the same or similar things. But if you don't like her, then you just, you don't like female characters. And I kind of, you know, I, I, I mean, I've known this obviously for a while, but it really throws in sharp contrast that, you know, on the internet, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of room for subtlety where we can criticize certain stories or characters or things like that without being called out for something that we may not necessarily be. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. And I mean, I also just wanted to say that, you know, I really love that we have this space here at Beauties and Headcanons where we Mm -hmm. can sit down and actually like get into the meat of things and discuss it. I think on our previous reviews that we've done with when we were under PHM, I mean, I I think we all did a good job to like, I mean, we obviously gave our own opinions, but we still went into the meat of it and it's like, okay, if I like it, this is why I like it. If I don't like it, this is why I don't like it. And this is why I feel the way I feel, you know? And I I just think that's really important to be able to discuss it, you know, like maturely, you know, to to get into something. And that's sort of the point too, when you think about it, we, we 
have to be able to, to say why we do or do not like something. But what what's interesting to me about this topic specifically is that it sort of bleeds into everything else in our lives too. Oh yeah. Um, there's, if you are middle of the road, you know, middle ground for an opinion, it's almost like your opinion doesn't matter or doesn't count because mm-hmm. you are, um, you know, we, we classically don't get into political talk and oh, yeah. I'm literally all about the political talk <laughs> the past four months. So it's been hard for me to kind of like tamper that down mm-hmm. um, because it's something that really engulfs everything that I live and breathe and, and work through on a daily basis. But even so, I am middle ground most of the time. I am open to interpretation. I am willing to hear what people have to say. I want to know more, and I also want to know less simultaneously. <laughs> so in that regard, it's hard for me to really say, okay, this is my very strong opinion in this one direction, because if something comes up that gives me pause to look in the other direction, and there have been many shows that we've done where I've said, you know, okay, you have a point, and maybe I should look into that point, but I've always been able to say, okay, sure, play devil's advocate, give me what you've got (laughs) to say, and I've been able to change my mind, or at least open to the idea of changing my mind, so I'm all about the middle road, and when it comes to reviews and opinions about things that are out there for all of the all of the media that we consume, all of the things we consume between games and art and movies and television shows. You either love it or you hate it, and there's no place to be in the middle. Yes. Oh, I was uh, I was actually thinking that exact thing when I was um, watching the YouTube. I've I've watched like several YouTube videos. Well. My husband really has been watching them, um, and I've just kind of been, like, pseudo-watching them. Like, he's watching them in front of me, and I kind of pay attention sometimes, and other times I'm, like, on my yeah. on my phone or whatever, you know? But that's the thing, like, about, well, specifically The Last of Us 2, but also, like, other games as well where, you know, people either love it or they hate it, and they express that with, like, either 10 out of 10 or 0 out of 10. There's no right. room for this, you know middle any kind of middle ground and I mean I admit that I don't necessarily have a horse in that particular race because I was never into the last of us franchise in general give me a little bit of context what is the last of us uh the The last Last of us it's basically a zombie apocalypse game but they went in a slightly different direction with the whole like zombification thing um it actually was an interesting direction at least I think it was because instead of like a virus, it was actually a fungal infection caused by cordyceps, which, mm. yeah, if you don't, if you've not seen that and if you are a little squeamish, I would advise do not Google that because it's extremely yes. disturbing. Yeah. But yeah, like, so it's, it used that instead, but I think the writers did just basically saw a really cool infection and then they went with it and they didn't really research it that much because a Wait, fungal so does infection. It, like, grow on the skin? Does it? Uh, basically, it invades the brain and it makes you behave zombie-like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. And but they kind yeah. of treated it more like it was a virus and not a fungal infection, which is not how fungal infections work, as I'm sure you know okay. you understand. Right. Right. You know. So, you know that obviously you know throws me off because like I mean I, I'm not like a doctor or anything, but I I have a degree in medical office technology. I have 
you know, some background to work like medical records, medical coding and things like that. So like, I, I do understand certain things. So it's like, it's funny too, like when you watch a medical <laughs> show or, you know, Grey's Anatomy or whatever, and they bring out medical, uh, I am obviously still and will always be probably a pharmacy technician. So <laughs> when people come out with medications and they're like, definitely the wrong medication or they're a major yes. medication, I'm always like, no, that's not what that's for. No, that you would never give that milligram. Yeah. No, it doesn't even exist in that quantity. <laughs> yeah. So I totally get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like, you know, that obviously throws me off, but you know, it, the writing, the story, it just didn't really appeal to me. So like, as far as do I even want to bother with this franchise? Me personally, I'm like, nah, I, I'm not interested in playing. I literally, when we got our PS4, I got a copy of it, um, like a physical copy. And it's still in one of my dresser drawers, like shrink wrapped to everything. It's never been taken out of the box, nothing. Wow. I, I'm just not interested in playing it. I'm sorry, I'm just not. But watching like some playthroughs of The Last of Us 2, because I, I watched some good chunks of it just because I was curious to see like, you know, what was all going on. And I mean, as a writer, I'm interested in stories. So, I mean, and I have to say like, there are some good points to The Last of Us 2. You know, I mean, the graphics are amazing. The music is really, really well done. Uh, that's, I think, a really underrated thing in video games, especially sure. these days. But, you know, I mean, definitely some solid points that I think should earn it at least a couple of points out of 10 for me, personally. I'd probably rate it as like, I don't know, three out of 10 maybe, because the okay. story was kind of ridiculous. But, you know, still, I, I still have to give props where it's due. I'm And I'm perfectly fine with that. But, you know, obviously fans who are really you know who really loved and cherished the first game and who really loved Joel um in particular you know they were just really angry at the direction that The Last of Us 2 took and so zero to ten just not even going to acknowledge anything good about this and I think that's uh, that's just unfortunate that, you know, obviously we don't have to like everything, but it, I don't know. I, I think it's still a little bit less mature to like be like, there is absolutely nothing good about this. And instead look at it and say, well, this was nice and this was fun, you know? Yeah. But I can, I guess I can also see the opposite end of things though, too. If you were trying to decide whether or not you were going to buy it mm -hmm. and you saw a review for a five out of ten mm -hmm. because the plot line was all right but the graphics were great and so was the music and playability uh would that really make you want to buy it probably not right it, I, would if a that five point out of 10 <laughs> make you want to purchase something uh no nah, i'd be the kind of I'd be the kind of person to be like, you know what, I'll wait until the price drop. Because <laughs> that's actually yeah. what happened with a couple of games that I've watched where it's like, mm, like I'm kind of interested, but not at this price point. So I'll yeah, wait so until like it goes Yeah, it's like the Redbox phenomenon too. Like yeah. When you, when you see a trailer, and I, I mean, at a movie theater, I'm always thinking, and like who knows when we're ever going to be at movie theaters again yeah. or whatever. But when you're at a movie theater and you're watching the trailers, I, I think my daughter and I legit do the whole okay uh, would I watch that in the theaters or would I red box it <laughs> and and you know by the trailer whether or not it's something you would actually go see it in the theater or mm -hmm. whether you red box it so like a five out of ten is a red box yeah but definitely not necessarily a spend the twenty five dollars to see it in the mm -hmm. theater yep yep because yeah. uh 
Because, uh, I mean, a similar thing happened with that uh, Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. They actually, actually the reason they made me mad was the fact that in, in the game you can actually customize your lightsaber, which is really cool. You can do, like, all different kinds of, like, uh, handles and crystal colors so your lightsaber is different colors. Yeah, I and, would never actually be able to play that game. I would just be playing with <laughs> lightsabers the whole time. And the one color, the one color that is my absolute favorite that has been my favorite since I like was in the Star Wars fandom. It was my favorite color in Star Wars The Force Unleashed. The one what color, what color, color is it? it was orange. Oh. And okay. it was only available if you had a pre-order bonus. Oh. <laughs> and now I have Fair. heard that they have trotted back on that and so okay. you can now get it without that pre-order bonus but... That made me so mad. I was like, nope, I am not interested in getting this game for a long time yet. <laughs> because you couldn't have an orange lightsaber. And I mean, okay. I know I know it seems very petty, but I mean, number one, I, I can be pretty petty <laughs> if I want to be. And number two, I mean, if I'm going to shell out like, you know, $60 for a game where I can have you all these... You better be able to get yourself an orange lightsaber. Exactly. I should be able, you know, if you have customization options... I should be able to use what I want, sure. you know? So yeah, it, it, it just, it made me mad. So, and I know it has come down in price a little bit. I've said once it hits like fifteen 10 or $15, then I'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> that how might many, be for a while yet, but you know what? I'm willing to wait. have there been since the, like the last game that I actually played? Cause I think the, I beta tested first Republic or. Oh, there's. Yeah, there's been... Have there been a lot of games since then? Oh, there's there's been lots of games. Oh, my. There, there's lots and lots of Star Wars games. Actually, Bioware worked on a Star Wars game. Pretty well-loved by fans, I would say, too. Uh, Knights okay. of the Old Republic. Okay. Fair enough. So, yeah. You know, reviews, I think, are especially important for people who may be, you know, riding the fence or, you know, not sure if you know they really want to invest this money and it's like when you all you see is either 10 out of 10 or zero to zero to 10 it's like okay well i still don't this doesn't help me at all you know right, right. but i i guess there's also an element of like needing to know where those reviews come from so mm -hmm. let's let's go back to last of us too what mm -hmm. was the main consensus were people in love with it or did they hate it it was pretty well split um between fans um okay. and this is the thing like it was mostly like fan reviews that were like that um critics usually scored it on average higher although i don't tend to look at critic reviews that much because i mean they're you know there, there's sometimes some shady things going on with like corporate stuff and so i'm like i'd right, rather so like i'd rather look at them. you yeah, yeah. yeah like I, i'd rather look at user reviews because to me that would be a little more accurate because there are people that are actually playing the game because they want to play the game, not because they have to write a review on the game. You know, it kind of puts things in a little bit different perspective as a player. So, and I mean, fans are pretty split. And again, this is another thing where the subtlety just goes to die. If you don't like Abby as a character, then apparently you're sexist. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, so we can have zero criticisms for this character, even if they are legit criticisms. But, but because that's the thing. if a character sucks, then you should be able to understand that they suck, whether they are female or male. And, and I mean, I, I will be the first to admit there are definitely elements 
of gamers. There are definitely elements of all kinds of fandoms that, you know, are just, you know, either sexist or they're racist or, you know, they're very loud and they don't, you know, they kind of just shout, you know, different things like that where it, it kind of drowns out the criticism where it kind of, you know, any criticism is just lumped in with them and not separated out and looked at. It, does that make sense? Yeah. I know with, the, you know, the recent uh, Star Wars or even the recent uh, Captain Marvel movie, it was very divisive because people were like, oh, you got to love this. It's girl power and it's awesome. And then other people were like, oh, well, it's a female superhero and we don't like that because, brr, you know, because no, it's not man, I guess, you know. And, but then at the same time, there were a bunch of people in the middle, me as well, where we were like, well, I don't really like it. And this is why, but we are kind of grouped in with this, you know, woman hating crowd. And yeah. it's like, it, that's not the case at all. Like, I mean, I get that. There should be a freedom there to be able to say, I don't like it. And it's not because she's female or even yeah. like Black Panther. You can, uh, I don't know anybody who didn't like Black Panther, <laughs> but if you didn't like Black Panther, you could be like, "Yeah, I didn't like Black Panther, but it's not because all the characters are black." I, I don't know. I, <sighs> yeah, it's. I think we tend to, at least on the internet, have this like knee jerk response. And I'll kind of give an example where in a certain group, the post itself is kind of unrelated to what happened in the comments with myself, but I had brought up a certain character in Dragon Age who is uh, a little divisive. I mean, not like super devices, but a little divisive, at least for certain fans. And um, it's Cullen. <laughs> like, fans either love him or they hate him. Um, he's a longtime character. He's been in literally all three games. And um, somebody had come in my comment and be like, well, Cullen's not good. Cullen's not a good character. He's like a good guy. And I actually, I didn't even say Cullen was good in my comment. I said he was okay. And so, like, I kind of like explained and extrapolated, you know, certain things. And we kind of went back and forth. And like by the end of the um, interaction, you know, this person realized we're actually on the same page with each other as far as, you know, our feelings about Cullen and how his redemption arc was not as subtle and not handled as well as it could have been and how it needed to be acknowledged and explained and, you know, just done a little bit better based off of like the first couple of comments that went between us, you know, you might've thought that we had gotten in this knockdown drag out fight, you know, just because right. it seemed like we were on such diametrically opposing sides, but not at all. Like, I mean, we actually had very similar feelings. We just expressed them a little differently. And once we actually like sat down and got over that knee jerk response, you know, we came to the conclusion that we pretty much do agree, you know? So I, I think that's, you know, social media obviously is not the best form of communication in and of itself. You know, written text is obviously a little bit harder to interpret than, you know, spoken words or videos oh, sure. or what have you. But, you know, I think we tend to like just take and just take something that someone says and just have this knee jerk reaction to it sometimes. Well, and, and then there's also the opportunity to, like, completely misconstrue and misinterpret what people oh, yeah. mean to say, and then to just take it and it be law. So mm -hmm. you end a conversation, end an argument, end a discussion with this uh, undiscussed uh, ugliness between mm -hmm. two people that didn't need to be that way if you had just talked it out. 
Yeah. And talking it out through reviews or comments or anything other than, like, actual discourse is such a such a weird place to live. It's, yeah. It's so hard to really, like, know a person's inflection or where they're really coming from mm-hmm. without having the social mores that we're so used to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting to me when I, like, get irritated or angry with a person and it's probably not supposed to be as drawn out and extensive as it really is and it gets that way just because I'm not able to pick up the phone at the time and tell them like look you're being a jerk and (laughs) I don't know why you're being this way but this is the way I'm interpreting what you're saying we can either end the conversation or you can explain yourself and then they decide to say something like oh well have a good day like (laughs) okay cool peace out having a chance to defend yourself in that kind of situation is great, but not, not all the time is that an actual opportunity, especially in a review or that kind of commentary. Mm-hmm. Certain, I, I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, slamming particular reviewers, but, you know, on YouTube, you know, there's a whole like review community and they, you know, <laughs> review various different things. Sure. And like, I don't, I don't like actually watch a whole lot of it. My husband watches a little more than I do, um, but certain reviewers seem to basically just want an echo chamber, and you can kind of tell like which ones do and which ones are actually open to like discussion and you know, looking at things a little bit differently. And, Mm -hmm. you know, those that do the latter, you know, I really do appreciate them because they seem to really take their time to research things, to look at, you know, different angles, different, you know, options, you know, just, just something a little different than what they might be seeing. You know, they might, they actually take a step back and be like, maybe I'm looking at this wrong and try to see if there's some, you know, another way to interpret this. And, well, and I, I really appreciate that. the whole that. middle ground thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. being, being open to the idea of being swayed the other way is so important. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, was, what else was I going to say? <laughs> Something about um, social media and how we are stars of our own shows. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, so we're living in, you know... A, a climate where we have so much accessibility to have our own voice, to have our own platforms, whether that be on Facebook or YouTube or uh, Patreon, or, you know, if you're selling stuff on Etsy, you are, your you're selling yourself all the time. And we could talk about like MLMs and how people work for companies that sell crazy products and are supposed to be so good at it. And I mean, I've sold plenty of products from different companies, too, and I've always felt like, okay, you're not really selling the product, you're selling yourself, because Mm -hmm. people are always buying what you're selling, but if you sell yourself well, then they're going to want what you're selling because they are buying you, Mm -hmm. which is just like an MLM concept. It makes sense. It, It is what it is. But simultaneously, like, we are in an era where we are selling ourselves, we're selling whatever it is we're making, whatever it is we're taking pictures of, whatever it is we're 
um, doing in our daily lives, whatever we're cooking, whatever we're posting on social media, whatever we're doing. So if I'm posting a video on YouTube, someone can just tell me that I'm a fat cow and that could ruin my entire day. Or they Mm -hmm. could tell me that I'm gorgeous and I'd be like, yay, I'm gorgeous. And our opinions matter so much to each other when they're really such like ridiculous pieces of information of each other. Like Mm -hmm. you could, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I look like garbage. When I put on some makeup, I look a little better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Judging me based off of those things is ridiculousness, but that's what we're doing. That's what we're living in. Mm -hmm. And it's that way for not only social media, but it's also that way for, you know, television shows and movies and, and everything. You're only ever judging something based off of this ridiculous premise of whether or not something's absolutely fantastic or complete garbage. Yeah. And I mean, there's this whole thing about, you know, how different YouTubers have like, you know, their YouTube personalities and how they're separate from, you know, their, how they are in real life. And, you know, I mean, obviously if you're doing something like YouTube, you need some sort of separation to kind of just keep yourself sane, you know? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, honestly, like, the best YouTubers, or at least the ones that I like the most, come across as their YouTube personality is basically just themselves just kind of turned up a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. just kind of turned up a little bit, exaggerated, maybe a little bit, just for effect, not for anything, you know, false. You know, like, in real life, if you see something, you're just like, oh, yay, but on YouTube, it's like, oh, yay, you know, it's like a little, just a little bit turned up. Um, I would want everyone that I watch on YouTube to be exactly how they are on YouTube. I, I know. I feel like that should be, I, I wouldn't want it to be an exaggeration so much, but if like, if I saw Brad Mondo on the street, I would want him to call me beautiful and, you know, tell me to live my extra life. So yeah, I get it. I would want that. I, I want him to be his YouTube personality. So yeah, but I mean, like, uh, obviously, you know, other YouTubers kind of take the opposite and they just kind of make their own little facade and they're not the same in real life like Mm. at all like it's not even just they've exaggerated themselves a little bit it's that they're completely different and you know i i think it's a thing where especially in this day and age you, you know you can't keep something like like that up forever you know i've seen so many like different uh dramas go down between different youtubers and you know ugly truths like kind of come out about how people really are and it's like yep and and at the same time you know you think well you know this person i was going to this person for this reason for this content and now like if you go to their content you kind of have that in the back of your mind now you know where it's it's like can i really trust what this person is saying now you know right but there there also has to be a level of understanding that people change and grow too i don't oh, definitely. know um did we ever talk about uh, Jenna Marbles and the change in her YouTube um, I don't presence? Think, because I don't think we did. No. Do you Do you know who that is? And I I know about? who who it is, and I've kind of like heard a little bit about it, okay. but not like enough to really like actually talk about it. <laughs> so on the surface, um, I don't know how many years ago, eight years ago, whatever many years ago. She was putting out content that was very funny, very, like, um, stereotypical, blonde, hilarious, uh, shallow, 
nonsense, okay? And since then, she's grown a lot as a person and as a as a uh, social media influencer. Mm-hmm. So she's really changed how she pr- portrays herself and how she wants to be seen. And she has completely, like, she's unrecognizable to someone who would have only looked at videos from back then to videos now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something to be said about, like, that growth that she's progressed through as well. Um so people who were able to see her grow, um, I like, I, I admire those people, but simultaneously, you know, I'm one of those people who only ever saw the stuff that she was putting out so many years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was funny. It was what it was. I never subscribed, never did anything about it because it was what it was, but she's gone back, you know, and said like, I've gotten rid of a bunch of my content. I've, um, taken it down because I don't want that kind of stuff to even exist out there because it's so demeaning and un, uh, unenlightened and ugly as far as um, what kind of person she is now and what she wants to put out. And that kind of growth is, is kind of cool to see in a social media perspective as well. Um, not to say that, you know, she, people shouldn't grow and change mm-hmm. on a social media platform, but um, being able to have seen it is, is kind of something that needs to I like that she seems so genuine she she yeah. really does even even though she might not be what everybody wants to see or what mm-hmm. everybody was expecting um it's better for someone like me to see how she has grown and how she's genuine now um versus if she was genuine back then and just really trying to get viewers she could have stayed that way and not um changed what she wanted to put out Mm-hmm. And instead she has, um, and has had to like, I, I think last time I checked, she was actually like stepping away from YouTube, even though she has so many followers because she really wanted to put out a different kind of, um, image than what was being portrayed. Cause people mm-hmm. were able to look back at her old stuff and say, "Ugh, this is what you used to do. Yeah. Um, and it's not what she wants to portray now, which is kind of, I mean, like it's commendable to to know that you've changed so much and it's not often that people stick around so long on us on a platform like that where you're able to see them change and become genuine or to really portray who they really are um, based off of the social media persona that they're trying to portray yeah and I think this is like I think there's lots of cases out there where you know the whole cancel culture comes up and it's I mean, I, there are definitely people out there that need to be canceled for, you know, because they are not good people. But at right, the same right. time, I think sometimes it gets a little caught up in carry, you know, people get carried away when people either make a genuine mistake or they have genuinely changed. And, you know, I mean, obviously people change. I'm an extremely different person than I was like 15, 20 years ago. Sure. And I mean, honestly, if I, you know, back then, if I saw myself now, I'd be like, oh, no, never, you know, I would be horrified by it. But now I look back and I'm horrified by what I was. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I think it's just a fine kind of balancing act as to how you kind of handle that, I think, a little bit, and how you handle that change. I mean, obviously, there, I've, you know, had put up social media posts in the past, like, that didn't quite reflect what I would like to, that were, 
uh, kind of a little bit more on my old religious beliefs and not necessarily what I believe now. And I mean, it's not necessarily like damaging per se, but at the same time, it's like I don't want that out there because that's not me anymore. And I don't want that associated with right, my right. name, you know? And it's so I mean, like when you're looking at, at Facebook and you see your, your memories come up and you're like, oh, yeah. why did I post that? Course? Yeah. And it's like, or, you know, why did I share that? That's, that's kind of dumb. Or, you know, why did I, why did I put, why did I share this status? Like, you know, that's just, you know, unnecessary. So, you know, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, we all do grow and change, but again, it's, it's kind of extremes where there are people who definitely like have done really gross things and they need to be held accountable to that. But, you know, there are people who maybe have made genuine mistakes or they have genuinely changed and they kind of get caught up in that as well. And then that just gives other people the bait to, to use to say, oh, well, cancel culture is just out of hand. We need to just forget about this. And, you know, therefore excusing everything that, you know, maybe really gross people have done and say, you know, sweeping it all under the rug of, oh, well you know, it's just cancel culture is unnecessary. Right. <laughs> and so we, we don't but need to really do that anymore, you know? Just like there's no, like, way to really validate a, a 5 out of 10 review. Mm-hmm. There's no way for there to someone actually sit down and say, okay, this person does not need to be canceled, but this person has the ability yeah. to grow and change. Yeah. And it, it can be really hard sometimes to like gauge people on the internet because it's so filtered because you can control so much of it. And so, you know, it can be difficult to actually like get, get a feel for people's genuine feelings on something. Mm -hmm. If they are being genuine with an apology or if they're just going through the motions to, you know, hopefully get their, uh, get their controversy to die down a little bit and people to forget, you know? Right. So it's, you know, it's a delicate balancing act, and I think it's one of those things where we just kind of have to go case by case and kind of evaluate it carefully for ourselves because it's uh, the the internet just has no place for subtlety. I swear. <laughs> um, speaking of subtlety, did you have a gaming corner today? Oh yes, and unfortunately, Square Enix is not being subtle at all for how oh. greedy and money hungry <laughs> that they are. So you know. Um, the Marvel Avengers game, I believe it was teased like last year um, for release. And uh, I, I think at E3 was where we first saw like the, the trailer for it. And now it's coming up close on release. It releases next month. Um, and it's currently in beta. Um, to people who have pre-ordered it or who have been sent like special beta codes, which are like, you know, like gaming influencers and stuff like that. Sure, sure. Um, you know, they're obviously like playing it and kind of like posting reviews about it and talking about it. And so, you know, obviously within a month of release, you know, more and more things are coming out about this game and it's becoming just more and more obvious how Square Enix is being really, really money hungry about this. Um, So Marvel's Avengers, you know, it, it has like a whole different bunch of, you know, Avengers or Avengers associated characters like Ms. Marvel and, you know, big characters like that. Mm-hmm. Um, However, uh, they're they're really 
I mean, for one, they have microtransactions in there again, which I know you know that I absolutely hate. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're paying already $60, maybe even more for a game, and then they want you to shell out even more for microtransactions. That's absolutely ridiculous. Right. Um, But they have exclusives that... uh, It's basically... Somebody actually made a chart for this. Um, It is impossible to get every single thing in the game on one game on one console it is absolutely impossible because there's exclusive there's some sort of like virgin um or verizon uh deal where their customers get like some exclusive content there's some sort of thing they're doing with five gum i think where i'm not sure if they're basically making codes for five gum that now you can like go in and get like a mystery pack or something like that that seems really kind of random to me um and then obviously they are super super favoring playstation players because um apparently they're gonna have like early access to stuff and they're gonna have exclusive challenges that can unlock rewards for their console and there's you know they also like have spider-man on their console spider-man's on none of the other consoles so spider-man is only going to be on playstation And the thing is, is, I mean, console exclusives do kind of suck, but the thing is, is they are only having those exclusives on PlayStation. So if they were at least saying, okay, we'll say Spider-Man and these exclusives are on this console and say this other character and other exclusives are on Xbox and this character and other exclusives are on Switch or PC, like that would be one thing. But uh, this whole Spider-Man only being on PlayStation is getting to be a really old narrative that people are literally rewriting history for this um i i've seen the argument so many times well spider-man is a sony property so obviously they want to keep him you know on their prop you know in their property and they don't want to just you know put him out there anywhere it's a smart business decision completely negating the fact that marvel ultimate alliance uh had spider-man available for all consoles right yeah. You, you want to forget about that? Really? We're, we're, we're in this, you know, I, oh, I just, I really hate it when people want to rewrite and ignore history. Oh, and, oh, and just a very small little nitpick. Um, I know one of the um, uh, positives about this game is, oh, you can do like a tag combos where you can bounce uh, Iron Man's Unibeam off of Captain America's shield. And I heard that um, and I go, oh, so literally like in Marvel Ultimate Alliance where you could do the exact same <laughs> thing? Like literally, I am not even exaggerating. That was a move in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. That that They ripped it from that game. It's from that game. Like, y'all, if you want an experience with Marvel characters, just go get Marvel Ultimate Alliance. It is a much better game and guess what? If you want to play on Spider-Man, you can play it on Xbox. So, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to have a PlayStation just to play with Spider-Man. Because now they've, I don't know, got some burr up their butt about, oh, we can't have Spider-Man on other consoles. Ah. Right. They were basically so, yeah. the Marvel <laughs> Ultimate Alliance and everything else. Yeah. Isn't. Yeah. So, but, you know, people like to forget and rewrite history all the time. So, mm-hmm. again, like... With, with everything that they're pulling with this game, I mean, it's really obvious that Square Enix is being super, super predatory about this. And I mean, I, 
I'm not the kind of person where I'm going to sit here and just actively discourage someone from getting a game because I'm of the mind that, you know, just because I might not like it, it doesn't mean that nobody else will like it. But when it comes to blatantly predatory crap, you know, I, I feel that I have a responsibility to say, please don't buy this, <laughs> you know, or at least don't buy it for full price because this is the major thing. Like, I've seen so many video game reviewers, you know, just get all up in arms about certain games and I'm sitting there thinking, but you paid for this game. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how many times I have sit I have sat there and watched Angry Joe just go off the handle at Madden games like ev almost every year. And I'm sitting there like, but Joe, you literally just bought this last year and you got mad at it last year. Why did you buy it again this year? <laughs> like. Right. You know, you're you're just feeding into it. And that's the thing. Like, if people keep buying it, then they'll keep making it because they know that they can get away with it. So come on, y'all. Let's put our money where our mouth is and let's not buy it. Now, if they want to back down on that predatory stuff, then maybe we can, you know, reconsider. You know, just like I'm reconsidering Jedi Fallen Order because they have backtracked on that, you know, that orange lightsaber. You know, I am considering <laughs> it. So... You know, just let's let's just hold off on that. Let let's let's let it release. Let's you know let them realize maybe that this is not where to you know this is not the hill to die on with this predatory microtransactions and exclusive stuff. And then let's see where they go from there. And you know what? If they fix it and they go in a different direction, then great. You know. But if not, yeah. We, we really just need to take a stand and hold these video game companies to task because they're not going to change if they keep making money. And that's the thing is they keep obviously keep making money. Right. Any last thoughts on the middle of the road? <laughs> <laughs> just I mean, I, I know I've said this before, like in our older episodes, but I, I do want to, you know, put this out there in our brand new episode one Podbean right. episode where, you know, I think it's a mark of maturity to be able to look at something, even something that you may like and criticize it. And I also think it's just as mature to look at something that you maybe don't like and compliment it on something that it does well. Um, I know when in when uh, Endgame came out, you know, I was really not happy because of how Infinity War and I had my own thoughts about the story and the oh, different character arts and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, you remember. <laughs> but, you know, I did have I did have to give it that it had some really, really good moments in there. Like, especially, like, that whole battle sequence. Like, you know, when Cap actually, you know, gets to hold Mjolnir and wield it. And when he says Avengers Assemble and when they all fight together. And it, that's a great moment. That's pretty much the only part of the movie that I actually enjoyed. But I have to give it that it was a That's wonderful a moment. It was a wonderful moment. I, and I, I can't take that away from that movie. You know, and, and I won't, even though I don't like the movie as a whole. You know, I can never say that there is nothing redeemable about this movie because I can always, even though I've not ever gone back and rewatched the whole movie, I have gone back and watched that battle because okay. to me, it's just, it's really good. And I do genuinely enjoy that part. So, you know, it's, I, I get, you know, when we are super emotional and super attached to certain things, you know, we do kind of want to respond in kind if we don't agree with the direction that something goes in. But I think it is also important to step back and kind of say, okay, 
I didn't like this and I didn't enjoy this. Was there anything enjoyable about it? You know, because it's one thing to hold that opinion to yourself, like in real life, but to put that out there on the internet, we need to, I think, really start embracing a little bit more subtlety and say, you know, like maybe in a review, like say a reviewer says, I really didn't enjoy this story. I really didn't enjoy the direction it went It went in. I feel this and this and that about it. Uh, however, I can say that this was good and this was good and this was well done. So like maybe four, three or four out of 10, you know? Sure. I, I feel like it's, we will get a better feel for things if we're able to better communicate and better look for more subtlety. You know, instead of just saying, oh, well, if you don't like this, then, you know, you're this, you know, because I know that was one of the things about like the new Star Wars movies even is that, you know, if you didn't like Ray, oh, well, you're sexist. But then you can't you can't criticize anything about her character or her character arc or what they did with her character without that point being being brought up. And it's like, as a Star Wars fan, I want it to be good. You know, I don't want to have to sit there and not like something Star Wars and have to criticize it. But, you know, I, I'm always of the mind that this could be better in this way. And I, I'm not the kind of person to just want to completely disregard a character at all. You're like, I, I want better for them. I want better for them all because I love them so much, you know? So, you know, I'm not going to just sit there and dismiss a character that, you know, just because, you know, they may be a female character or they may be, you know, this or that character. You know, I, I'm going to look for something, something that I can like it's and enjoy. It's a pretty good rule them. when you think about it. To yeah. Make sure that you're able to look for the good in mm-hmm. things and in, in, you know, every aspect of your life, not just the, yeah, the geeky, nerdy, headcanony type of things, but also everything else that's been going on lately. Yeah. Just I mean, trying to look for the good and the subtlety of yeah that's good and i mean i know that we're all really passionate people and that's great but i think passion sometimes just overtakes us and we kind of lose sight of you know what we can have a different opinion about something and it can be okay now i mean obviously there are lines drawn in certain instances but i think honestly for the vast majority of things it's not really as simple as it looks (laughs) all right tegan with that i'm Lindsay. And I'm Tegan, and thank you so much for listening to us here on Podbean on Beauties and Headcanons.